Now that's a lot to follow. What a blessing. The children's ministry, the whole ministry of this church is just a profound blessing and a witness to the shepherding care of so many in this congregation who helped raise these children in faith. All of you out there, as well as those who might be attending uh, through live stream or who are not yet here, and especially the communion of the saints who have come and now are now at rest with God and what they have passed down from generation to generation to help these children uh, be able to give witness to God's love through this beautiful uh, Psalm 23. This morning, I'm going to read it again in the way I memorized it and probably the way you, or at least some of you older people did as well, known as the King James Version. I'm not going to ask you to read it along or say it along with me, but you can in your mind's eye. Let us pray. O God, who cares for us more than we can articulate and who knows us better than we even know ourselves, we give thanks for this day and pray that in finding your love here, we may share that love out there. In Christ's name, amen. Hear the word as it is given to us in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, leadeth me beside still waters, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. I can't remember if it was in second grade vacation Bible school or fourth grade confirmation class, which I know is early, but that's what it was when I went through confirmation at Myers Park Methodist Church in Charlotte, when I was asked to memorize the 23rd Psalm using the King James Version. I wasn't still not great at memorization. I'm better at being able to say what it means than to memorize word for word. But as I was learning this and doing so earnestly, I sensed its importance. It, it sounded so biblical, as if God had written it, God's self. He maketh me, he leadeth me, he restoreth me, he prepareth a table before me. Memorizing somehow comforteth me when I learned it, even though I didn't know much about what it meant. 
kind of knew what a shepherd was, and I think I remember seeing sheep on cartoons, but I never really saw any live sheep that I remembered, not at that age. But I did remember, before I learned the psalm, and I did know what it meant to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because I had this nightmare. I think probably when I was four or five, I started having this nightmare. My parents lived in a two-story house, and my dream was that I would walk through the front door and stand in the front hall, and then directly in front of, after the little foyer, there were the stairs going up, straight up to the, to the second floor. My parents, I knew, were in the kitchen. I could hear them talking in my dream. And I knew I had to get from the foyer to the kitchen, and to do so, I had to get past the stairs, where there's this little hall. And so uh, I also knew that there was a door underneath the stairs. Uh, if you have stairs, it's where you put you know, cleaning equipment and mops and so forth. Uh, and, and every time I would start to run from the foyer to the kitchen, I was desperately aware that I had to do it fast because there was a witch in there, right under those stairs. I knew it. And so I would start running, and as soon as I got next to the door, it was like, you've had these dreams, you can't move, you're in slow motion, and your feet are in concrete. And, and, and the door would open, and then I would wake up screaming. And my older brother, who slept next to me in a, another single bed, would either come over and comfort me, or my mother would come in and do it, or my father. At five years old, I had a sense of what it meant to walk through the valley. This morning's service, our children who have been playing the lead have celebrated with us this 23rd Psalm in a touching and moving, cute, and sometimes on the edge, but thanks to Frida and Rhonda and Bain and all the other shepherds who've made this happen, completely flock-like, like good sheep, walking the right paths to make it happen, I am keenly aware what a beautiful gift this is to them. Because I had the gift to be able to depend on the 23rd Psalm when I had those dreams. I had the gift to be able to understand the 23rd Psalm later in life when I had other valleys I had to walk through. And I hope that these children will understand that too as they grow older. There are plenty of shepherds in this church. Just drop your kids off in the nursery or go on a mission trip or walk down the hall. There are many, many of you who were helping to shepherd others through hard places and scary places. There are two women in this church who at a social event, one heard the other say, I want to do something about the homeless people how desperate it is. I want to do something for them. And the other woman hearing it at another table ran over to this person and said, so do I. She said, I'll call you. The next morning before the sun got up, the phone rang. 
And the next thing you know, after a lot of hard work, these two women have built 60 tiny homes in Brunswick waiting to be filled up by homeless people. They just put down pastures of green grass donated by the Sea Island Corporation. Well, I'm not sure if it was donated. I think they were hoping it would be. And they're waiting for those homes to be filled up. And the only thing stopping them are politics. The Brunswick Housing Authority is stopping them because of politics. That's all I need to say. And my hope is that you good shepherds out there might have some hand in helping the Brunswick Housing Authority move forward to release those homes for occupancy. I'm glad for today because these children will grow up and face their own hard places and will need shepherds of their own and will find in you those shepherds and will also grow up to be those kinds of shepherds themselves. I think of Frida and what it takes for her. I mean, if you want to know the personification of what God is like, and I don't mean to point her out, it's got to be Frida. I mean, I know I'm, I'm not her daughter, sorry Eliza, but not to embarrass her, she is a shepherd to these kids from the day they're born to the day they grow up and has been. And they will follow that model, hopefully, all their lives. There was a great little story about kids trying to figure out what this psalm meant. And one of them was saying that the table that thou preparest before me, they understood to be when they went to their grandparents' house in the summer and they were bored to tears and didn't have anything else to do, they talked to grandmom into letting me borrow your card tables and then they would put them together right beside the dining room table and they would cover them with all the bedspreads and blankets they could get their hands on and they would then have a fort, a table prepared before them for them to live under and play under knowing that they were safe. I love that. No one can get them. No grandparents could go in unless they were invited. But another child I saw once going into a soup kitchen in Atlanta who had to be homeless with a single mom and it made my heart ache that that child would not have that kind of experience. Children understand what it means to have their heads anointed with oil because our greasy little adult hands are always patting them there. But that's exactly what it means. The hand of God is anointing our heads with oil. That is to say, making us holy. And I only pray that every child would have that experience and that the head that was placed on their head was a loving and kind head and not one of some different sort. How about cup runneth over? When you're a kid, you don't want your cup to run over because it means your mother's running around behind you, if you have one, or your dad, or some 
adult cleaning up after you, exasperated, telling you, please, don't run with liquid in your cup. For one person, this cup was their mother's coffee cup, the cup that runneth over, precariously always full and at risk of being spilled as she played at her mother's feet or sometimes climbed up into her lap. I love that image. Then there's the child of, of another who thought that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, really said surely good Mrs. Murphy will follow me all the days of my life because she was getting at something more profoundly true about the line than the psalm intimated in its poetry. Why? Because Mrs. Murphy happened to be her nanny, the personification of goodness and love and mercy the beneficent nurse who followed the child around, doggedly hounding her, caring for her and protecting her. What a great thought to think that God is like good Mrs. Murphy. What a joy and what a blessing it is for us to do this today. And, but, we also have to keep in mind all the children that don't have this opportunity. I can't help but think of the children in Israel and Gaza. Can they say the 23rd Psalm as we have? And the irony is, for those who have learned it, it means more important, it is more important to those who have experienced these hardships and darkness places in life than those who don't. Because it is during these times that we remember the words. Why else are we using them in almost every funeral service, a memorial service? There's a story from 9-11 when the first tower got hit. A man who was an atheist began to climb his way down the stairs and it was pitch black and um, didn't know if he was going to make it and he found his way behind several women as they were making their way down the stairs. And as he got closer to them, he found and heard that they were saying together the 23rd Psalm, King James Version, all the way down. He got home, his wife didn't know if he'd survived and when she did, she, of course, embraced him. He was standing in his backyard, catatonic. Did I say he was an atheist? Catatonic, standing there. What's wrong besides the fact that everything is wrong? What's, what happened? He goes, I don't understand it. I was walking behind these women who were saying the 23rd Psalm all the way down the steps, and I didn't know if we were going to make it, and and they seemed so at peace. And the weird thing about it is just standing behind them, walking with them and listening to them, I felt that same peace. And I don't know what that means. This psalm was given to us remembering who we are and whose we are. We are not our own shepherds. 
Neither are we sheep. We're God's. At the end of it all, when Jesus met with his disciples in John 21, Simon, who had, who had denied Jesus three times, was still living with the guilt, and Jesus took him aside on that island where they saw him with a fire. And he said to him, Simon, I forgive you. Tend my sheep. You're the shepherd now. Simon, I forgive you. Feed my lambs. You're the shepherd now. Simon, I forgive you. Feed my sheep. You're the shepherd now. This good shepherd trusts us enough to give us that right to shepherd each other. That's why we're here. In Christ's name, amen.